Hello there, and welcome back to the world of Pokemon Primeval. My name is Professor Redwood, but everyone calls me the Pokemon Professor. Well, that's enough about me. Could you tell me about yourself? Are you a boy? Or a girl? Or non-binary? Or gender fluid? Can I be Shepard, but Pokemon? Of course! <laughs> Hell yeah. Before we continue on with the rest of class, we have a few things to clear up. Not least of which is reintroducing you to your best friends. I'm David, Master of Dungeons and Pokemon. Hi, I'm Vlad and I'll be playing Charlotte Fuduciel, the Dragon of Galar. Hey folks, my name's Adam. I'll be playing the role of Dart, the party's rogue. Hey there, you can call me Josh if you want to, and I'll be playing Liz Flora, Witch of the Coven of Blue and Green, and Druid of the Circle of Wood and Sea. Hey everybody, my name's Duffy, and I will be playing Cole. I am a ranger with a bit of a dark past. While I'm not normally inclined to accept excuses for any student who has not done their homework, even I can concede that the events of the last week would make it difficult for you all to study properly. It's not every day that an entire mischief of impidim invade a university campus after all. To those of you who were viciously egged, you have my condolences. To those of you the impidim deemed not sufficiently interesting to egg, you have my even deeper condolences. That said, I do feel that it is appropriate for us to have a recap of our last session. After concluding the fight in the cave in most decisive fashion, our four protagonists interrogated the only living bandit. They discovered that the group believed themselves to be serving Kanto itself and not any particular ruler. Having gotten what she wanted from the bandit, Char left him to die as the tide rose in the cave. After his interactions with the mayor, however, Cole felt there was more to the story. Hanging back, he spoke to the prisoner once the man had managed to escape his bonds. There, he learned two important things. Firstly, the group who assaulted the caravan bringing food into town, sabotaged the rice fields, and was seemingly bent on the capture or destruction of Mew, called itself the Cult of Lugia. Secondly, he confirmed that the cult was in league with the mayor of Palatown. From there, the four heroes split into two groups. Cole and Liz guided the only remaining barrel of rice to town, while Char and Dart walked the road back into town. On the way, Sir Iko emerged from the rice field and confronted the two foreigners. Refusing to answer questions at the point of a sword, Char challenged Iko to a duel. And that is where we find ourselves as we begin today's session. As for additional explanatory material on the subjects we will cover today, I would highly recommend that you all read Akira Toyama's seminal work detailing the Bushido Code as it existed in Kanto during the relevant time period. Of course, 
If any of you would like to try for extra credit, I would also highly recommend reading Elliot Hayden's translation of the Code Duello as it existed in Gala at the same time. For additional context on the law in place at the time in Kanto, you could do no better than reading Nana Takamatsu's absolutely fantastic book, Law in the Age of Katana and Pokemon. And no, I am not recommending it to you because of any rumored romantic relationship between myself and Miss Takamatsu back when I studied under her. Ours was a purely platonic relationship. Promise. No idea how those rumors got started. Rather, I recommend it as a meditation on the importance of equal application of the law and the necessary limits on those who would exercise police powers. All of that very much aside, let's turn our minds to the matter at hand. Let us return to a time when our four protagonists were barreling their way towards a confrontation they could not avoid. On a road above a rice paddy, with the crashing of surf in the background as a hurricane approaches, a knight and samurai stand squaring off against each other, weapons drawn. Two guards are trying to adjust themselves behind the samurai, confronted with a problem they were not prepared to solve. A problem named Dart, who has provided treats and has now sat. Somewhere in the paddy itself, Liz approaches from stealth, trying to get close enough to help her friends, while hopefully staying alive herself. Further back still, waist deep in the muck, arrow drawn, Cole watches all. Dart made the first move. What did he do? Uh, I don't have much of an intention in interfering in the duel, but... Yeah, you can always pass. I'll go ahead and pass then. Or you can, uh, or you can do something like non-combat related if you have something you want to say or something, someplace you want to go. Take bets? Yeah, I'll go ahead and look up toward Brad and nod and say, So, your boss is kind of a bitch, isn't she? <laughs> no, no, I would never say that. I'll, 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 I'll get, I'll, I'll arrest him, Sirico. I'm not gonna let him talk to you like that. Don't you worry. We got this. How ungrateful! I just gave you a rice cake, and it was delicious. Now you're under arrest. Uh, Cole, you're up. Is Brad actually moving to arrest Dart? Uh, right now he has his. Uh, sword drawn in a in a high guard position. He's crouched low in a stance where he's holding his sword basically at eye level pointing towards Dart, but he's kind of trying to adjust his body awkwardly because his target at this point is not standing facing him with drawn blade, but is sitting on the ground with Cracker, so... Uh... Alright, Cole is going to loose an arrow not to hit the body, but to knock the blade out of Brad's hand. That is quite a shot. Let's see how you do. So, you're rolling with advantage because you're in stealth. They're unaware of your... that you're there. However, this is a very hard target, so I think it's just a straight roll. We'll, we'll see how you do. That's totally fine. Here we go. That is not good. That's an 11. <laughs> so, it's not exactly inexcusable that you missed. The winds are... 
picking up and they're doing some very strange things. It's hard to predict the trajectory of an arrow in winds that are stuttering and stopping and not behaving with any sort of regularity. So when your shot goes wide, it does little more than attract people's attention and alert them to the fact that someone is shooting at them from the patty. Okay, well, since I missed, uh, I would like to... Are are there any reeds? Like, I know the water, you said, what, am I waist deep in muck? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. I want to be as stealth as I can and kind of (laughs) disappear. I don't want them to see me if they do look across the patty to see where that came from. Uh, Alright, I don't think that's difficult, so yes, you can... They have an idea of direction. It shouldn't be that hard for you to avoid detection. Why don't you give me a stealth roll with advantage? God damn it. Alright, that was two natural 20s in a row. I gotta I gotta get a dice tower. I don't know if it's just bouncing off the mouse pad right, but either way. <laughs> <laughs> You're the knight. You're a swampy shadow. Uh, Liz, will you be so lucky? I don't think you're rolling with advantage. I don't know if you were caught at all unawares by this or not. I think you're just going to make a stealth check with with no advantage or disadvantage. Just straight up. Yeah, that's an 11. I'm just going to... Like, Liz is not trying terribly hard to not be noticed. She's using more kind of, like, social camouflage. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be here trudging through this swamp. I don't even think that she's like, oh, I hope nobody notices me. It's just like, here I go again, or here I go, um, about to walk into a situation that is not a great situation. So just <laughs> trudges up, like, kind of trudges up behind uh, behind Brad and Dart, um, and says, "So we're not we're not gonna go we're not gonna go that far yet. We'll get to that on your turn, but let's we at least know right now that you." are visible and people know you're here uh, we're gonna move on to Shar's turn okay so i am adding to my attack roll my strength bonus because this is a melee we- weapon plus my proficiency bonus so this is a total of 26 wow i mean yeah that that's a hit so seven plus my strength modifier which is five and since I have a uh, dueling as my fighting style, I get a plus two bonus to damage roll when using that weapon. So two plus five, seven, 14 total. Okay. An arrow let loose from the swamp. The two soldiers turn. They spot Liz close by, not making any attempt at stealth. She waves. And Charlotte struck. Iko managed to intercept Charlotte's sword with her own, but not before the blade uh, snuck in under her shoulder guard dealing a vicious wound to her left shoulder. Brad, seeing that his commander had been struck and wounded, realized that this is no longer a duel, but an ambush, and made a judgment call. He charged forward, attacking the nearest perceived threat, Charlotte Fuducio, and he rolled 19 plus 3. Uh, that, uh, that does beat her armor class. Then Charlotte takes 8 points of damage, and Charlotte's down. Wow. Uh, I was toying with whether or not I should use my uh, second win now or later. I guess it should have been now. Apparently so. Iko, however, did not see the arrow that uh, caused this, that caused Brad to snap and panic. And her, immediately respo- her immediate response is, What the hell are you doing? Liz, your turn. I think... 
Liz is going to... Am, am I close enough to just walk into the middle of this? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Liz is going to come up. Um, and I think, like, Dart, if like if Dart is watching, um, he can see... Uh, he can see Liz kind of put her game face on. Um, and she is going to come up to um, just literally walk straight up to Aiko, who is currently shouting at um, at Brad. Um, bow, say, um, Captain. And then just kind of um, grab uh, grab one of, like, just do, do her best to put... Uh, Charlotte into like a fireman's carry or even if it's just like grabbing one foot and starting to drag her away but is just like um, I'm just here to collect my mercenary and uh, going to get out of here as quick as I can um, so yeah she'll she'll like grab one of um, just sort of like scoop up uh, Charlotte's sword tuck it under one arm grab uh, grab one of Charlotte's feet with her left hand give Dart a look that's basically like get your ass over here and start dragging uh, Charlotte down the path. Oh, goodness. Uh, Brad continues his panic. I'm sorry, sir, it's an ambush! They're, they're shooting at us! She's shooting at us! Liz, why are you shooting at us? And I, Iko smacks him across the face and said, Idiot! Does she even have a bow? Uh, no, ma'am. Um, Liz says, and, like, shows that she is just carrying, uh, a collection of, um, you know, bundles and, um, packets, and, uh, there's a knife, uh, at her belt, but it is very clearly in evidence, um, and her hand is not anywhere near it as it is holding on to, uh, Charlotte's foot as she continues to drag, uh, Charlotte away. Iko grabs Brad by the collar of his armor, or by his chest plate, and... Uh, are we still in combat? That's an excellent question. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think we are. Yeah, I think it is Liz's turn, and Kathy... It, it is Kathy's turn in the initiative, but she is not... She is just kind of looking about in confusion right now. She's looking out into the swamp. She knows an arrow came from there, and she's trying to figure out what happens next. Uh, Aiko is going to use her turn to admonish Brad and ask him, This woman, can she be trusted? Uh, yeah, I think she's, uh, she's kind of a doctor, I think. Uh, just here to collect my mercenary, thank you. Fine. See to your... Uh, I I would very much like to get to the strength, uh, to the, uh, saving throw at this point. We'll get to that on your turn. Aiko has something to tell Liz, though. Fine. Do what you might to save this woman's life, but I am coming with you. If she survives, she is very much under arrest. Um, well, uh, would it be... In that case, um, I would like to just kind of be like, oh, um, okay, I'll, I'll wait for my turn to come back around, um, if, any, if other people have actions that they want to take. Uh, Dart? Uh, I guess I'm gonna stand myself up, uh, look to Kathy. Are you sure you don't want a rice cracker as well? Are you physically offering her a rice cracker right now? Yeah, I'm offering it like a, like a Japanese salary man offers his business card. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make a roll. <laughs> Kathy 
looks away from the swamp, looks at you, and her hand moves extremely quickly. Your first, uh, your first impression is that her intent was to smack it out of your hand into the ground, but she seems to correct herself just before the moment of impact, grab your wrist, grab the cracker and eat it. She hasn't eaten all day. She's very hungry. Aww. Uh, Cole, you are still hidden. Cole, I would, I would super love if, if we could not be under arrest. <laughs> well, Cole's gonna try and get this telepathic link from Liz to not want to be under arrest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he's gonna, he's gonna pop up and assess the situation. Uh, oh, man. So he sees Liz dragging Char by one leg, trying to get get away. Char's on the ground, and it, well, it was was dragging was dragging Charlotte away, and then uh, like Ico said something, and now Liz is uh, like they are locked in conversation, and Liz isn't moving um, and looks nervous. Uh, so Cole would pop up. I'm gonna move my thirty feet in and uh, just shout, Ico. What do you want? She locks eyes with you, and she calls out, I want you to get out of that swamp so I can talk to you on dry land. Well, I don't have enough movement this turn. (laughs) We should probably drop out of combat then. Uh, well, uh, there's, uh, well, uh, Charlotte is next, and I have, I had already rolled my, uh, death save, uh, yeah, I rolled a 20, so... She got one hit point. Uh, so Char is going to pop up, uh, basically, uh, if you, if any of you have seen, like, uh, wrestling, like, Kane, uh, she is going to look at Aiko and say, is this the honor of the samurai? You allow your minions to uh, to come and try and stab me in the back? We're not fucking done yet, you stupid bitch. I am going to stand up from prone, and I am going to use second wind to get back as many hit points as I can. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, that's a seven. I'm up to eight hit points. Char is seriously pissed off, and she is going to say one more thing. And if any of you motherfucking assholes interferes with this duel again, I will personally hunt you down and pull your intestines out of your assholes inch by inch while you're awake. Do I make myself clear? Oh, so that's why we wanted to hire her. Liz is walking back towards the barge. Just very done with this situation. Uh, Can I roll intimidation against literally everyone? Uh, roll at disadvantage. I mean, Cole, Cole didn't hear you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I rolled 18 twice. Uh, that's 20... 24? So that's a 24 against literally everyone. Well, I got an 18. So I'm quaking in my wee little boots. Yep. I am... I fully believe that she would delight in pulling my intestines out of my butthole. <laughs> I agree with this sentiment, and that is why I am walking away. <laughs> Brad, Kathy, Aiko, how are they feeling? Uh, so, Aiko doesn't seem like she can believe you're alive. Uh, Kathy seems to have gone inside her head for this whole situation, is just kind of enjoying her cracker. 
Or actually, she was until you spoke up and startled her. And now she, she kind of retreats to a position behind the other two. But Brad nat 20 on his saving throw. And I think it makes sense. I think he's feeling himself a little bit right now. He's like, hey, don't worry, everyone. I beat her once. I can beat her again. Besides, you ambushed us first. He says with the crumbs uh, sort of flying out of his mouth. You ambushed us first, lady. We didn't shoot arrows at you. No, you dumb little shit. You are the assholes who came out of the rice paddy, drew a sword on us, started this whole thing, and then attacked me from behind. Now get out of the fucking way so that I can murder this insipid pain in the ass. I'm just imagine if we want to make an anime comparison, I'm just imagining Char's sort of murderous intent looking like that of Stain in My Hero Academia. Especially since she's still got the helmet on, none of you can see her face. All you can see is like the bloody mouth grins past like the bar- uh, the one slit in the helmet and you know her eyes, which she d- they're not literally on fire yet, but they're probably se- uh, she is seeing red. Maybe I should have taken Barbarian. Well, that was Char's turn. Brad's next up in the initiative count. I think he is going to... Yeah, he he nat 20'd his resistance to your intimidate. I think he's just going to attack again. However, this attack does not go nearly as well as his last one. Uh, four. So, he thinks he can put Char down again quickly this time, but it doesn't go quite according to plan. With a four, I think he basically swings, and the sword catches on the shield. She, like, moves it slightly out of the way and looks at him dead in the eye, like, you done? Liz, uh, anything you'd like to do with your initiative? Yes. Um, walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I got places to be that place is home. Uh, there's a storm coming, and... There's a baby to deliver. Yes, I have shit to do tonight. Char, uh, I'm gonna need a, an athletics check from you. Okay. Uh, 19. Alright, uh, Kathy came down in a low tackle to try to take you out of the legs, uh, but you managed to resist that attempt, so retain your footing. I think Ishar actually jumps up and lets Kathy just slide underneath underneath her and lands back on her feet, looking uh, dead at Aiko. Hiding behind your people? Are you really so weak? Uh, Aiko moves in behind the first two, takes one slash at you that misses. Char is moving, thrashing about like a wild beast. She tosses aside Brad, she tosses aside Kathy, and then it's just her and Aiko, and she blocks the first hit from Aiko, and as they lock weapons, Aiko looks Char in the eye and says, you are a lunatic, and strikes you with, in the gut, with the hilt of her second blade for nine points of damage. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I believe that renders you unconscious. Yeah. 
Hey, hey y'all. Hey, maybe y'all shouldn't be picking fights with Aiko. Do you think maybe? No, this just means I'm going to have to kill her later. <laughs> so, how exactly does it look like when y'all return to town? Do you manage to recover the supplies? Uh, do you make any att- do you make any attempt to go with Charlotte or do you just let or do you just let the three soldiers or uh, two soldiers, one samurai, uh, Carter off to prison. I mean, Cole was making his way toward Iko when Charlotte went totally ballistic. Uh, and I don't think he's intimidated, so he'll probably stop. But once he started to go down again, he's going to move in. Ooh, no. Uh, Liz, as she's on her way back to the, um, as she's on her way back to the raft, um, I think Liz is going to grab your arm and be like, um, that one's not our fight. Do you, do you know what this was about? I guess Dart's going to approach Cole and Liz and say it was a dick measuring contest. Yeah, that sounds about right. She certainly does seem to enjoy those. And I would like it known they needed three dicks to measure up to Char. Let it be written. Let the record state. So yeah, I think we are going to get this. um, How late in the day is it getting? Late afternoon, but with the dark clouds rolling in, it looks it's pretty dark. Liz turns to uh, Dart and says, um, we could use an extra set of hands getting uh, this rice back to town, and um, if you uh, don't have a place to stay, um, you're going to need one. Yes, with the rain coming in, that'd be a good idea. At that, the first drops begin to fall. They're slow at first, but rapidly increasing in size and velocity. Cole welcomes this because he is now covered in mud. All right. On the way back to town, dragging this barrel, Cole turns to Liz and, do we, do we take this to the mayor, or should we give it to Mako? Oh, Mako, 100% to Mako. Um, Liz looks up at the, like, kind of gets a dark look and uh, just kind of glances up at the mayor's house and then glances in the direction of the garrison, um, says, I think when it's, uh, when it comes to the people of this town... The only ones we can trust are ourselves. Agreed. As Shiba Aiko and her newly promoted retainers dragged the unconscious body of the Dragon of Galar back to the garrison, the rain was coming down in sheets. One person remained guard outside the front gates. A lone soldier, heavily pregnant. She looked up into the eyes of her commanding officer, who took a moment to recognize what she was seeing, and her face contorted in a mixture of realization and disappointment. Samara dropped her eyes, unwilling to meet Aiko's face. Aiko said, get out of the rain. You're going to get sick. And with that, they entered the garrison and chucked the Galarian noble into a holding cell. As soon as they had left, Samara Samara put down her polearm and made her way to the bar. So, Char, I think uh, now would be a good time to use your uh, the short rest function to roll for some hit points. Alrighty. So, since you have one hit die, you can roll uh, one ten-sided die, add your constitution modifier, and recover that much HP. Uh, I'm back to full. <laughs> Uh, um, I rolled a 10 and 
her constitution modifier is two, so she's only got 11 total. All right, so uh, presumably the torrential downpour... The torrential downpour could have served the same function as the uh, bucket of water thrown in the face. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, and it also somehow healed up all her injuries from earlier. <laughs> I think that's just being tough. I can picture Brad walking back to the garrison, reveling in his new sword. Like, man, this thing is awesome! I can't believe I killed my first bandit! Um, is Char in the same room as him when he's saying this? Uh, yes, yes, you would have been in the in the cell. Okay, so he doesn't die. <laughs> uh, no, 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 not really. Um, actually, in this situation, Char is going to feign that she's asleep. Better way to get more information. So yes, Brad, Brad is reveling in his new sword, and the fact that he just killed someone with it, and he, so he's really feeling himself right now. He and Kathy are standing guard over the cage, or over the holding cell, while uh, Kathy gives him a look and gestures to her uh, midsection with a quizzical look on her face, while Brad takes this in and says, What? A flesh wound? Nah, she's totally dead. No, I don't know why she's in jail if she's dead. I don't see why we're arguing up against how awesome I am. <laughs> so, Char, you are in a holding cell. Two people have their backs to your cage. How do you want to handle this? Well, like I said, first thing I need is information. So, um, I'd like to roll perception to see if I can... Uh, see as much as I can of the interior of the cell uh, the construction the layout if there's anything that I can use as a tool whether it's got three stone walls and one wall that's just bars where Brad and Kathy are in relation to her if they're facing away from the cell or if they're looking into it um, you know all that kind of information so without even rolling a perception check, you can see that uh, this was built against the wooden wall of the garrison. So one wall is wood, uh, the other three are actually uh, iron bars. Uh, it looks like this was really meant to contain uh, livestock rather than human prisoners. This may have been a place where pigs were kept, perhaps. Ugh, these accommodations are absolutely atrocious. Uh, the, your your nose could confirm, or at least provide more backing evidence to its previous usage and its previous occupants. But yes, give me a perception check to see if you can find anything else about your surroundings. Uh, that is going to be a 13 total. As you lay there in the reeking straw, you see something stand out from amongst the refuse and detritus. It seems to be metal. It looks like a chain. It looks like whatever used to be in here was collared in some way. The creature is gone, but the chain remains. Rusted and forgotten. Um, how big a collar are we talking about? And when you say rusted and forgotten, what do you mean? Has it gone rusted and forgotten since it was last used? What I'm really wondering is, was it rusted while it was actually 
on the creature or has it rusted since? I'm trying to get a sense of how long it's been since this thing was used. Uh, it doesn't look like only a thin layer of rust. It doesn't look like this thing has been... Uh, it's not falling to pieces. It looks like something was removed from this place and the chain was left behind. Collar looks big enough to hold something with a larger neck than a human. Huh. And when I say collar, it's, it's sort of like a metal clamp. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. So, if I may, Char is going to roll stealth to see if she can get up silently and walk to the bars to get right up on Brad and Kathy without them noticing her. Okay. Uh, roll for advantage. They believe you to be unconscious at the moment. And also the rain's coming down pretty hard, so... Okay, I rolled 13 and 16, stealth plus 4, so the higher of the two is 20, uh, so that is going to be a 20 total. Alright, uh, Brad is swinging his sword around like a child with his first lightsaber, showing off his sweet samurai moves. This promotion's gonna be big things for us, you know? Uh, now that we're retainers to an actual samurai, we're moving up in the world, Calf. We got swords now! I've got a body count! Char grins a little at hearing him say this and raises an eyebrow. Uh, but what I would like to do at this time is roll a strength check. Okay. To see if she can bend the bars out of the way. Which, it, it's, it's not a serious attempt. It's more like, this is the thing that I have always wanted to do, were I ever behind bars. And for my sins, I don't think it's ever going to happen for me. But um, I'd like to go ahead and give it a shot here just to see if I can do it. Let's see. Let's give, Let's roll that strength. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Um, 19 plus 4. That's a 23 total. We're not sure if Char intended to bend the metal bars out of the way, but what actually happened was the wood that the bars were held in had gone a little soft in some places. So when Char applied her considerable strength to the bars of the cage, uh, one of them actually tore bodily out of its wooden frame, timed conveniently with a lightning strike. Brad and Kathy never heard a thing. Oh no! Oh no, 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 no. Oh, this is so, so, so bad. Oh, fuck me. What do I do now? I I can't decide between trying and fighting my way out of here or doing what I was going to do in the first place, which is persuade my way out. Guys, we're going to have to fight the entire barracks is basically what I'm gathering from this. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, fuck. I, I had this whole thing where I was going to Hannibal Lecter my way out of here. It was going to be cool, but... <sighs> crap, that's not going to work. Um, okay. Okay, I know what she's going to do. She is going to poke her head out of the cell and uh, say to Brad, Excuse me, darling, but that is rather a dangerous instrument. You should put it down before you hurt someone. Most likely yourself. Have you ever held one of those before today? Uh, you may have intended to finish that sentence, but before that happens, Brad jumps uh, perhaps three feet in the air, and his sword goes flying from his grip about ten feet away on the ground. Ah! 
Yes, yes, I know. The lightning is terribly loud. Now, take me to your manager. <laughs> uh, let's get over back to the bar. Yeah, the storm is here. The rain is battering down the walls of the bar as you enter in. Several of the citizens of town seem to have sought refuge inside from the rain and are helping uh, board up windows. Most of Mako's children are clearing things away, uh, making sure that there's no plates or cutlery out in the open where things might be uh, blown about. Uh, should the winds pick up, which it, it, sure, it certainly looks like they will. Uh, the only one not doing that is little Josie, who is ordering her siblings around, her much older siblings around, like some sort of small tyrant. Pick up those plates, Lily! Kyle, move the chair back into my room! Bow to your empress! Uh, whoever has the gold makes the rules! You're all doing my chores for a month! Uh, Dart, it, it is important to note that this is all your fault. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and should Josie's siblings ever find out that you are the one responsible for the uh, current shifting in sibling power dynamics, uh, I, I don't know what your future would hold, but you are 100% responsible for this. Uh, anyway, you have rice and you are in a place of relative shelter. Has, uh, has enough rain fallen to wash all the mud off of coal after diving into the rice paddy, or do I look like some kind of swamp thing coming out of the, the lightning-filled night right now? <laughs> I don't know that you look any more bedraggled than anyone else who's been caught out in the rain right now. I think the, I think the rain has been is strong enough that any differences in mud levels would not be worth distinguishing. Gotcha. Unless you want to be a swamp monster. <laughs> oh, no, I just, I was just, you know, terrifying children is exactly what Cole would, uh, would probably want to avoid, but didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Also, the sort of thing you would just accidentally succeed at. Yeah. I I'm not going to say that it has to happen. <laughs> uh, so, yes, how do you want to make this delivery? Are you just going to drop it off and leave with a, a friendly note? Are you going to try to track down Mako? She's, uh, you don't see her at the moment. I'd imagine we'd want to at least get it inside. Yeah, I think just like coming up with the with the barrel, uh, Liz kind of kneels down in front of um, Josie and is like, "Hey, um, hey, Josie, where's your um, where's your mom at? We've got something that we need to deliver to her." Josie looks to the side, claps her hands twice, and a teenager approaches uh, and says, "Yes, Empress." Lily, fetch mother. <sighs> yes, Empress. I I don't care I don't care how much money my younger sibling has. That shit ain't flying. No older child would take this. I'm sorry. This is the most unbelievable part of the story so far, and I'm counting the pink flying fuzzy creature that Char tried to boop on the nose earlier. Uh well, give me an insight check. Someone who is there. Yeah, my roll was a two, so seven. Not too bad. Uh, Fourteen. Fifteen for Dart. Yeah, th there might be a, a degree of humoring going on here. There, there might be a sense that an older sibling is 
doing their best in a scary situation to play along with what the younger one wants. Uh, watching watching this would kind of pang Cole a little bit. A couple memories pop up. Um, so while Mako's coming, I think J- Liz is just... Liz, Liz like looks at kind of the whole situation um, and says to uh, Josie, um, Hey, do you know what the best way for an empress to keep power is? If you treat your workers really well and you give them everything that they want and everything they ask for, they won't... Um, they won't violently overthrow you and put your head on a spike. <laughs> uh, let's see an intimidate roll. Uh, that is a fourteen. Uh, all right, I, I think she's going to. I think she's going to quiet up and just find something else to do in another part of the room right now. You seem to have deflated her balloon a bit. Oh, she was running a real tight ship. Uh. And that's about the time Mako comes back. Don't you have something more important to do? A hurricane's coming. Um, well, we were, um, we were passing through. We're on the way home to make sure everything's, um, squared up there. But we did, um, we did find that missing shipment, Miss Mako. At least part of it. As much as we could salvage. Mako takes in the size of the barrel you have brought in, and as you just told her, it's full of rice... Her entire posture changes from annoyance to thankfulness. Blessed flame, she says, rushing past you to secure the precious cargo. Help me get in the back right now. I have a waterproof container. Okay, Cole will help. All right. Uh, With some combined strength checks that we are not going to roll, you secure the much-needed food, and I would hope you feel pretty good about yourselves. Always. I think, yeah, Liz, once the once the barrel gets squared away, uh, you know, Liz has taken a second um, to get dried off, and when, when Cole reemerges, um, Liz turns to him and is like, didn't, um, our mercenary friend said that they would help, um, or said that she would help Samara up to up to the house, right? Dart sort of being in present is going to address Liz. Uh, Miss Seal is, uh, impounded at the moment yeah that's that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm afraid of so looking out the looking out the door um, I think this is like you see kind of a, a series there's like a calculus that is going on in Liz's head where it's like okay we the only safe time um, like the only safe time to leave in order to be sure that the three of us can get back to the house or the two of us and dart um, if you'd like to come the only safe time to leave is right now um, this storm is blowing in but uh, Aunt, uh, Aunt Rita did say that um, Samara was coming in tonight which means that it's going to happen um, and She's, she's standing at the door as the rain is coming down and looks at the weather for a very long time um, and then turns to, to Cole and Dart and says, um, Samara's not going to be able to make it to the house um, without help. It's not going to be safe, but she's going to need help. Yeah, so um, yeah, Liz, Liz looks and says, um, it's not going to be safe. Uh, Dart, I, I know that we offered you shelter um, and... I'm also not, um, I know Cole better than to say that, um, he should lead you up to the, up to the house, but, um, we're going to be staying so that we can get our guest, um, 
to the house safe. It's the cottage on the cliff. On the on the cliff. Follow the path until you see the greenhouse. You can't miss it. Um, if you want to be safe, go and tell my aunts that we're coming, and to be ready for us. I may as well, as long as Shar's impounded, then I'll need to. I may as well bide my time, and I'll go ahead and do that. And I guess as I'm leaving the the tavern, uh, I suppose I'll pass Samara in the street and and say to her, Miss Sadako, uh, Liz and Cole are waiting for you in the tavern. Did you just give the NPC Samara the last name of her Japanese counterpart in Ringu? No, Dart mistook mistook Samara for Dart got her name mixed up. <laughs> Fourth wall, frog. And as the world warps around Dart yet again, Samara enters the tavern. It is difficult to distinguish whether the water running down her face is rain or tears. But she looks around, sees Liz and Cole waiting for her, and she says, I have to go. What does she have on? She has an ill-fitting bit of armor, her chest plate that uh, has not fit well in a few months, and she has her her helmet, but it looks like she has left whatever weapons she used to hold behind. Uh, Cole immediately removes his cloak and puts it over her. Uh, give me an unmodified d20 roll. Just uh, I just want to see what it says. Okay, that's a whopping six. Yeah, you're you can't tell whether she noticed the gesture or not. She her mind seems to be somewhere else right now. Fair enough. Uh, I think Liz kind of puts an arm on, uh, or puts a hand on uh, Samara's arm um, over uh, over the cloak and says, um, "Come on, we need to go." She allows herself to be led. Uh, now, let's go back to the garrison. So, Shar, we are going to cut to you with an audi- in an audience with Iko. Uh, do you want to just tell me how that happened? Uh. Well, presumably even after Brad gets himself relatively under control, uh, he's still going to be fairly intimidated. Um, In his mind, he's going to be thinking something along the lines of, we saw her get up from the dead, yell at us, three of us tackled her at once, we thought she was dead again, and now she's just walking out of the cell like it's nothing. We're just going to take this woman anywhere she wants to go as long as she's not trying to attack us. <laughs> uh, yes, I think you kind of lead yourself into Aiko's office while I think you open the door. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Visually, what this looks like is that she's walking ahead of them. And right now they look like they're her honor guard escorting her into an audience. I think Brad kind of spills in behind you, immediately starts blathering a mile a minute, uh, trying to explain what happened. Um, As he starts, Shara is going to put her hand on his shoulder and say, It's all right, Brad, darling. I'll speak for myself. (laughs) Uh, Kathy just looking uh, stone-faced, dead ahead eyes wide, not making eye contact with anybody. Uh, do I actually have to roll persuasion to get Brad to shut up, or is there something else I need to do? 
Uh, I think he'll just follow your lead right now. I think you've sufficiently uh, knocked him off balance. I don't think he really knows which way is up with when you're around. Char is going to give him a nice gentle pat on the shoulder and then give it a little squeeze just to sort of remind him, I know it was you, motherfucker. <laughs> Aiko, you have caught her in the process of drawing off her sword and helmet. She has not gotten her armor off. She, in fact, it looks like she's about ready to get up and go at any second. If she's surprised to see you, it doesn't really register on her face, but she looks you in the eye, pours into you with as much ferocity as she can muster, and she says, Did you destroy the rice shipment? Char gives her a wide, toothy smile. Can you see how much more pleasant this conversation is likely to be now that you're not trying to have it at the point of a sword? No, I didn't. I've been in town one night. I've had enough time to have two meals, a shag, and get contracted out to go and save that same rice shipment. You seem to be so intent on finding, what's the word? Culprit? Villain? You make it up yourself. Oh, and I should mention that the ultimate contractor is the town mayor. She uh, drags a towel along her sword, flicking the excess water away. Then who did destroy it? I don't know. I tracked the bandit to attack the rice ship into a tidal cave below the road leading to Viridian. I killed them all. But who hired them is still a mystery. Like I said, I've been in town just long enough to have two meals, a shag, and get contracted out for far below my usual rate to go out and try and save the rice shipment. Then I need more information. Then I would suggest that you do your job and actually investigate. You might even find a clue if you go out to the cave and look at the bodies. I suspect the mayor knows more than he's letting on. I've never met your mayor. What could possibly make you think that I would know anything about his guilt or innocence? Retainers, please escort Ms. Fodusiel from the garrison and suit up. We're going to take a walk in the rain. Uh, Yes, ma'am, says Brad. Kathy salutes. As she turns to leave, well, to lead Brad and Kathy out of the room, Shar is going to turn back to Aiko. Just a small note, I've been in this country more than long enough to know the rules of dueling. Having your retainers attack your opponent from behind is... less than honorable. Not a good look, mate. Uh, and she's going to walk out the door. Then to herself, with no one around, Aiko mutters under her breath, can only have a duel with equals. And then she puts her helmet on and straps on her sword. Uh presuming that Shar gets her stuff back from Brad and Kathy. I assume that they have her weapons. Oh, uh, and the box. Right. Okay, so she takes her weapons back, straps them back into place. Um, before she leaves, she's actually going to stop, I guess, at the entrance to the garrison. Um, she's going to turn around and give Kathy a, a very formal salute. And she's going to step close to Brad and just give him a great big old hug. Then she's going to 
whisper in his ear, you and I are going to have to have a conversation later, darling. Um, right before giving him a little kiss on the cheek and a nibble on the ear. And then she's going to turn around and head into the rain towards the bar. I hope there's no hard feelings, ma'am. You fight really good. Talk later, dear. Talk later. <laughs> Kathy and Brad seem to have identical expressions on their face, just kind of uh, hunched posture, slack-jawed. Uh, if Depending on what sort of cartoon this is, there may or may not be heart eyes. Uh, but they just kind of they kind of crash into each other, bounce off each other, recover their posture, and uh, walk back inside. <laughs> um, does Char make it to the bar before everybody leaves? Uh, yes, I think you'd be there just in time. Okay, so as she walks in the door, uh, rain spattered, lightning cracking behind her, just this figure striding into the room with burning blue eyes underneath the slits of the helm. She's going to stride straight over to Samara and Liz and Cole. Her footfalls heavy from the armor and the water and everything else. She's going to take off her helmet as she comes up to them and uh, shake out the the tail of her braided red hair. Oh, you're here. I suppose this means you're ready to go. That's excellent. I was afraid that I was going to need to go and hunt you down throughout the town. She seems to pr- surprised to see you. She did see you and the state in which you entered the garrison. And... Uh, seeing you up and about so soon seems to have thrown her more off balance than anything else that's happened this evening. I did say that I would escort you, my dear, and I always keep my word. Shar's <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, that was quite the cliffhanger. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a bit of this incredible story we're building together. Also, don't forget to leave a review as it helps more people find our little class. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on our Twitter and Instagram accounts at Pokemon Primeval. And you can always email us at PokemonPrimeval at gmail.com. Thanks, of course, to our wonderful adjuncts, Kevin McLeod, for providing music for our session, and Kitsmul Karen for providing the voice of Mew. We hope to see you in two weeks in our next session, where our story continues. <laughs>